0: come to receive because there's so much more for us you load us daily with benefits so we've come for our load today we thank you father Uh, we thank you that we never exhaust all that you have for us but we take it and it pleases you when we take it for faith pleases you and faith takes and so in the taking of what you have provided you're pleased with that and so we thank you for it we thank you for it. How many of you know that God's pleased when your truck's loaded? Yes. Amen. Yes. You know, there's one thing about it whenever these companies, they know that don't send empty trucks down the road. Right. Right. right? Load them up with all the product because their increase is connected to how full those trucks are. Our life is connected to how full we're living of, of the Word and of the Spirit. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, turn around to three or four people and give them a great big God bless you this morning. Then you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. We are so glad to be here with you, pastors. Thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure. And by the way, I don't know if anybody told you, but I think your wardrobe is great today. (laughs) (laughs) What a clack up that you wore that. How funny you are. Uh, Only a real man would wear queen on his chairs. (laughs) (laughs) Only a real man secure, perfectly secure. And so we're just glad to be with you. Your pastors are precious to us. We're thankful that God has put us together. And uh, God put us together because he had you in mind. He didn't just have the preacher in mind. He had the people that are fed by the preacher's life in mind, by who he connects us to. So we're glad to be here with you and glad you're here today. And it's the best place, the best place. We believe God to show brother David where his wallet is. Yes, yes. <laughs> the angels are working. Well I was I was just fixing to say to you, my husband my husband had a we had an ongoing conversation. <laughs> and no, no, I'm not. It's I'm just gonna I'm talking about him, but <laughs> I, I, when you walk into the door where we come into my, in my house, there's a, there's a table there. And my husband would walk in and he would start pulling out car keys, driver's license, credit cards, <laughs> money. Uh, notes, receipts, everything. (laughs) Travelers got receipts. We got receipts all over our bodies, you know. And so he pulls it out and he just kind of walks and drops, walks and drops, (laughs) walk and drop, walk and drop. (laughs) And it was so funny because for for a a couple of years, our oldest son and his wife and their baby lived with us. So Bubby was 10 months old when my son and daughter-in-law moved in with us. So he was walking and, you know, he was, he was there till he was um, almost four. And um, Ed would always say this when he lost his stuff. Bubby took it. <laughs> <laughs> Bubby, took it. Bubby took it. I said, Ed, Bubby can't reach up <laughs> here. He little. little. He yeah. can't reach. Yeah. But I was so glad Bubby showed up because before Bubby showed up, it was somebody took it. <laughs> Well, I'm the only the other somebody in the house, me, Grant and I, and right. we're, we're, he, he always accused someone stole it. Right. Oh, yeah. Every day we have a thief that comes in the house and steals his stuff. He says somebody, t- he never said he misplaced it, he never said he didn't know where it was. It's, it's just these comical things, you know, about life that keep it fun, right? And I would say to him, I said, see this table? I assign it to you, it's all yours. You can just lay everything on it. Yeah, just lay everything on it. He yeah. said, I can't do that. He could, because he, he's, his mind was always so full, he had no idea what his hands were doing. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. And it's just yeah, sure. So it was an ongoing search party in yeah. our house. Yeah. We were all, every day we were searching for stuff. So, you know, there's just family fun, yes. dynamics, you yes. know. But um, one time we got on a plane, and we were, um, we we had, we had, I don't know, a couple cities we were going to, and uh, gone maybe you know ten days or something, and he took his Cody Ward's coat, you know, to the. To the plane, and he gets on. He puts it up over in the overhead, and puts his, you know, his briefcase and all that. So when we deplaned, he picked up his briefcase and walked off and left the coat. And it was a cashmere coat. You know, it was a nice coat. It wasn't like it was. It was. It was, it was a tailor-made coat. And so anyway, he goes, "Oh, I left my coat." I go, "Oh." Um, so we get back home from our trip, and that coat's hanging in his closet. Wow. <laughs> Why? Because heaven cares about you, and heaven knows how you're wired. So I'm not on you, brother no, David. I'm not on you. I'm not on you. Uh, you know, I'm not on you. No. That just people. Some people need more angels.
1: I do. <laughs>
0: they, why? They need more ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, my, my son Grant was, he would have been maybe about five or six at the time, and, um, he, he loved, he loved little stuff. You know, Stephen liked something with a motor and a sound, but Grant liked little quiet stuff, you know, and he, he liked the tedious things that you do with your hand, yeah. And I don't know what possessed me because I don't do stuff like this. I don't do stuff like this. And um, I had gone to an ATM machine and uh, down at our bank and then I had gotten out cash and stuff and for some reason, I guess when I was getting it, I just handed him the card I thought you can hand, and he could, he could hold on to it, he, he, he just could. but I forgot to get it from him. You know, I thought while I'm getting the stuff, go ahead and hold the card, baby, that's fine. We get in the car, I forget and I I didn't know. The good thing was I didn't know I had forgotten. Mm. But listen to this. We had driven probably a couple miles from the bank to home. I pulled in the garage, and I got out, and sitting on the tire by the driver's side, that card was sitting on that tire. Not stuck, just sitting there. And it wasn't any other tire because I wouldn't have seen it. It was the driver's side tire. And I said, Thank God for an angel. Put that car there. So easy. So easy for them. So, so we thank God for the angels and David's wallet today. Yeah. You know, God knows people misplace stuff, so He gave us angels. <laughs> anyway, praise, the, praise Lord. the Lord. So we're glad you're here too, yes. and uh, I'm glad you're here with your wallet. I have my wallet. You got your wallet. You got your wallet. You got your wallet. You got your wallet? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Was to borrow your wallet. Um, anyway, praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> when I when I come to a service, I come with a sermon, but I also come with faith in the sense of. If God redirects, we just follow yes. right. just yeah. by faith we yes. teach you know yes. you say not uh, because, not because we 're not prepared, but because we are prepared yes. to move in faith and I, I say that you have faith ears yes. Yes. what is that you 'll hear something for your life and you'll it 'll do something uh, for your it 'll elevate your faith life because when you hear the word, faith comes, amen. Um, I'm going to refer to something, then I'm going to go off another direction. The last several days, um, the last several services, God had reminded me of something that happened with my husband when he was in Lima, Peru. I don't know what year it happened, but he was awakened for several hours one night, and God spoke to him about multiple things. And one of the things that God said to him is he said this, he said, 97% of my people are living beneath what I provided for them boy that's a, that 's a, that's a pretty rough percentage that's it 's not like fifty to fifty one percent no, it is the majority only three percent he said were even experiencing all that he 's provided what 's that mean for us there 's more. More than we're experiencing, there's more for us, but we won't float into it. We're going to have to on purpose say I'm not okay with 97% receiving far less than what God has for me. Now, when he's talking about it, he's not just talking about one arena. He's talking about multiple arenas of our lives. So he emphasized with my husband that night one arena. But it's true for every arena. Yes. I I believe, too, one reason he... Emphasize, he, he emphasized the financial arena that night. And I think that the, the reason is, is because that's easy to calculate that arena. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You can calculate financially. Calculate, right. You can look at your income and your yes. outgo and kind of know where you're at. Yeah. It's not always so, it's so, the same way to do with a marriage or a home or a, a physical health always. Right? right. But um, with finances, it's easy to regulate. Yes. Yes. It's easy to observe. And um, so God said to him, he said, 97% of my people are living beneath what I have provided for them. And he said, including you, preacher, when he was talking to my husband. And um, then he went on and he said, if I told you, talking to my husband, he said, if I told you to take a year off from your travel, he said, you ought to have enough in your just your cash flow to support your life for a year. With any savings, and he said, and if you can't do that, you're beneath, mm, that's good. So good. you're beneath, yeah. and he said this, he said, uh, any congregation of a hundred families or more, if a pastor got up and said, God told me to build a building, we're going to receive the first offering for it uh, in this service, God said to my husband, he said, there ought to be a million dollars raised out of those hundred families in that one service. That means a hundred families each being able to give $10,000 would be a million dollars in that one offering. You really can't get a building today for a million dollars, but that, God was saying that's the level of flow that should be in the congregation. Now, Ed said this years ago, and probably maybe four or five years ago, I heard Dad, a tape and Dad Hagen said the exact same thing. And he said when a congregation is taught the word and if they're growing, if they're being doers of the word and growing as they ought, they ought to be at that level. So what's that mean? That means we won't coast. We get there on purpose. We have to, on purpose, take what God's provided and not be okay with having less. Why do we have less of something? Because we're okay with that. We're okay with it. So we have to stir ourselves up to not be okay with it. Yes, so yes. God was referring specifically to with my husband to the financial arena. But how about this? Not being okay with a body that's not working that's right. right. Not yes. being okay yes. with a mind that's harassed yes. and worried and yes. burdened down and tormented yes. and depressed and yeah. sad all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't smile, something's up. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, there should be a, your countenance. Should should have likeness to it. Right. I'm not saying yes. walking around like a blooming idiot, you know, to where you got you got a, a smile pasted. I'm talking about there needs to be on your countenance a lift, yes. 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 a lifting look, a lifting. instead of a downcast. Yes. Amen. Yes. And if we're not, we're the ones being robbed. Yes. Yes. Amen. And it does matter. You should have the happiest home. Right. Happiest home on the block should oh, be yes. your home. Yes. The happiest marriage on, yes. on the block, your marriage. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 And, and and let's not be okay with a life of struggle. Right. That's, that's right. not what right. God planned. Yes. I'm that's talking right. about mental struggle, yes. financial struggle, yes. physical struggle, yes. Yes. relationship struggling. Yes. That's, that's, that's off course that's for awesome. the believer. Yes. It's off course, but we have to be told these things so that because the flow of the world around us is a is a flow of struggle. It's a flow of hardship. It's a flow of hardness, and if you're not careful, that gets in you and you think, well, at least I'm not struggling like them. But struggle is wrong. Period. Amen. You know what? Our only struggle should be to grow, not to live, not to function, but just kicking against anything that would hinder our growing, we struggle against that. You're not going to hold me back. Amen. And so the pastor was referring about growing up spiritually. Because when the word talks about perfection, it's not talking about a man without flaw. It's talking about a man growing up. Mature. Um, So, when when God said to my husband, 97% of my people are living beneath what I provided for them. What's that mean? 97% are living, um, living beneath in their thought life. Because you don't experience in any arena uh, an increase until something in your thinking increases. It shows up, increase shows up first in how you think. It shows up in how you think. You have to know this. Your mind is the gateway to your spirit. You said, well, things show up in my spirit, but first. Well, if your mind shuts it down from entering your spirit, it won't even show up in your spirit, no matter what you're feeding on. You heard the pastor saying he was in a service and heard Ed preaching on the anointing. It didn't register. We've all done that. We have all done that. Why? Because if the, if the mind is distracted, If the mind is overwhelmed or preoccupied with something, what is offered you doesn't even reach your spirit because the mind is the gateway that either says yes or no that's getting into my spirit. Yes or no that's going in. You say, well, uh, how can you be sure of that? Well, did you? I don't know when you heard the message of salvation first. I don't know if you were a child and heard it. I don't know if you didn't hear it until you were an adult. But most people at the first hearing, don't accept it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Most people, I mean, they don't, they don't accept it the first time if they've never heard it. They kind of have to hear, and somebody maybe talk to them a little bit. Um, did, you hear the me- did you hear about salvation before you were born again? Yeah, I mean, I heard about it. It took me about, but when I heard the salvation message, it was probably six months to a year before I agreed. Right? Yeah. Now I was raised in church, but our church didn't preach about salvation. We didn't know anything about being born again. We didn't know you needed you, you were to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. We didn't know that. Right. We just thought if we believe God existed, that made us a Christian. Yeah. But that's, not scriptural. No, that's no. not scriptural. The Bible said demons also believe and tremble. They that's know God right. exists, but they're still they still don't belong to him. That's right. So it's not enough to know he exists. You have to call. What's that mean? You have to open up your heart. But if your mind says no, you won't open your heart. If your mind doesn't agree, you say, I don't want that. Because the thing the devil told me when I first heard the salvation message was this. He said, if you get born again, then that means every dream you had for yourself, you have to give up. You cannot live. What you had dreamed for yourself. Because God God, God, God will command something else of you. And it will rob you of what you had planned for your whole life. Well, uh, what was the devil doing? He was using a strategy against the mind to get me to reject what was for my spirit. That's where the devil works. God works with your spirit, but if your mind will not agree with what he's dealing and what you're hearing, what you're hearing, people say... You hear it here. And so I, I was kicking it out. But finally, when I, when I pushed back against that thought, uh, and, and I said, I, I, don't, I don't care. I want what God wants for me. Yes. Then I saw this, that God's dream was so much bigger than my own yes. for me. Yes. And then not only that, he helps. You can trust him with your dreams. Right. He's not a sabotager That's of right. dreams. That's right. <laughs> He's not in a border of dreams. But what I'm saying is this, it was in that mental arena first that that was either won or lost. I didn't get born again until I thought right about that. I had to say I don't care what dream I may have to give up, I I want him. You understand, yes. so the mind, the thinking was right. involved right. Yeah. then went because right. the mind is the gateway right. because right. salvation did not happen. the new creature in Christ yeah. did not take place until the mind opened right so when ninety seven percent of uh, believers are living beneath right. that means ninety seven percent are thinking wrong in some way, some arena right. yes. you can think right toward one arena and wrong toward another. That's true. So uh what it what is it? To to walk in God's best, it's all about how you think. Yeah. Yes. It's all about how you think. Yes. Because you can hear the word preach, but if you think wrong, wrong thinking will kick out right teaching. Yes. Yes. That's
1: right. That's so good.
0: It will not let right teaching yes. in. It won't let Bible teaching in if you think wrong. Wow. You cannot just throw uh something at wrong thinking and get wrong thinking out of the way. Uh, I've I've said this and it's I say I'll keep saying it is that you, it's good to be a giver. We need to be a giver. But if we think wrong, you can't throw money at wrong thinking and get a harvest. Because wrong thinking will hinder harvest. Will a seed produce? It absolutely will. But wrong thinking won't reap the harvest that seed produced. You cannot get rid of wrong thinking by throwing money at it. You've got to throw the word at it. Amen. You've got to take the word and root yes. out wrong yes. thinking. And yes. this is what I say to God. I say, God, help me to know where I need to change my thinking. Help me to know. Keep me balanced. Because, you know, the problem with, uh, with our thinking is we think we're right. We think we're right. Every way seems right to a man. The word talks about a man thinks his own way is right. And right. I, need, I need divine help. God, show me where my thinking is off course. Yes. Because yes. sometimes you can have a general way of thinking in the right direction, but just a little, not you're off center. Yeah. You're yeah. off center. Yeah. You're, you're a little bit too much uh-huh. leaning in this lane or too yes. much leaning in that yeah. lane, even though you're on the right road of right thinking. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. You cannot be centered up on it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I know this. Uh, that that's, that's what I talked about. I want my thinking right, my thinking right, my thinking right, my thinking right. right. Um, Marriages fall apart because someone started thinking wrong. It wasn't their heart. They chose that, that spouse because of their heart and because of what they thought about what was in their heart, then their thinking got off and aborted what was in their heart, you see. So, I say that to say this, you can't just think everything's all about your spirit. Listen, your spirit is the place where the life of God is, but wrong thinking is where the devil enters. And you have to recognize, the devil doesn't enter through your spirit. He enters through wrong thinking. If you become skillful with that arena, he can never again abort anything that's in your spirit. He can never take you off course from anything that's in your spirit when you are thinking his right. Now, third John, go with me. Third John, there's only one chapter in third John, and we're going to just look real, real quickly. Verse 2, two, third John, verse two. Third John, John, verse two said, "Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper." And be in health. Look at this. Even as your soul prospers. What's he saying? Your prosperity and your health is connected to your thought life. It's not, he didn't even talk about the power of God. He didn't even talk about the anointing. He didn't even talk about the word. He talks about prosperity and your health and your mind. How you think. Because if you think wrong, the word can't get in. So um i don't know maybe maybe about eight years ago or so i just had something that was physically um bothersome it didn't keep me incapacitated there wasn't pain necessarily with it it just was a it was a a a nuisance and i started taking a stand against that and um when i did i had a dream and in that dream i was laying in the backyard of a house, didn't even recognize anything about the house, you remember growing up and you're a little kid and you just go outside and you just lay down in the grass, that's where I was, all I remember was a yard, Uh, a green yard and I'm just laying on my back and I'm looking up at the sky, you know how kids do and they're making shapes out of the clouds and mindless, mindless and uh, I was laying there, I didn't hear anything. And as I was laying there, all of a, I, turned to, I turned to the side. I, just, I didn't get up. I didn't lift my shoulders up or anything. I just turned my head to the left. And when I did, there was a serpent there. And I didn't hear him. Uh, and when he came, he wasn't at a distance. He was right here. So I turned and I'm face to eye, to eye with this thing. Uh, and I got, I got a real revelation that day. It wasn't this big the head was not, it was about this oh, wide, yeah. wow. the serpent. And it dawned on me, whoever, whoever thought when we talk about uh, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, the serpent, whoever thought this yeah. wide? Uh-huh. Wow. Not much presence. No. Right. But man, when I saw it, the, his presence loomed large and it was this wide because it's an imposing presence. Right. I got to thinking, uh, I wonder if that's the size of what Adam and Eve saw because something this little wide talking to you wouldn't carry the same kind of presence. But that's not my message and it's not scriptural and it won't help you get healed in the middle of the night so it doesn't matter. Because you can can get twisted up on things that don't matter. That, That really doesn't matter. But it gave me a thought. So the thing when I turned and immediately, I did not even have time to turn back. You know how uh, if you almost trip or something, you got time to catch yourself or, or something is blowing in the, you know, something's blowing your way and you turn away. I didn't have time to turn. That's how he was right here. But the moment I turned, his mouth opened. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to bite my face off. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I—I had time to think that. He's going—he's just going to engulf my face. He did not. He opened his mouth, and he didn't come this way at me. He came and went up this way, and clamped onto the mind. Yeah, Why? He's after your thoughts. He's after after how you think. Why? Because by affecting how you think is going to determine what you'll receive. Into your spirit. Because wrong thinking believes wrong. I said wrong thinking (laughs) believes wrong. So, um, I didn't feel any pain, but that thing had clamped onto my head. Mm -hmm. And the moment it did... I was lifted up out of that and my body was still there, but it was like my spirit was lifted up and it was like something picked me up. And now I'm looking down on the scene instead of in the scene and I'm watching this scene. And when I was picked up and that head was so massive and that mouth open, it was so intimidating. It was so overwhelming but when i saw from the top view right behind the head about this far was all the length of the body the body was no longer than this it was all head head. and its body had been torn from its head its head had been torn from its body it was not a clean cut it was a shattered jack if you just took if you just You just took something soft like, jelly-like, and you go like this, and it just shredded. I mean, it was devastating how jagged that head had been torn off that body. What is it? He's all talk.
1: Yeah,
0: And he uses talk. He uses his mouth to affect how you think. Why? He's been destroyed. He's been defeated. All he's got left is the power of suggestion. That's all he's got left. That is all He has left. Wow. He has to talk you into wow. fear. Yes. He has to talk yes. you into, into sickness. Yeah. Yeah. He has to talk you into defeat. Yes. It's yeah. all by suggestions, all threats. Yeah. Wow. It's all by words. Because He only on. has His mouth left. Yeah. Come on. That's good, Pastor. That's Amen. Good. Why does He talk to you? Because if He can get you thinking wrong, uh-huh. He can get you to believe the wrong thing and that will affect what you what you accept in your spirit and in every arena of your life. The devil wants your he wants he wants your mind. He wants your mind. He wants your mind. He wants you say he wants my health. He wants your mind first. If he can get your mind he can get your health. If he can get your mind he can get your finances. If he can get your mind, he'll get your family, he'll get your job, he'll get your business, he'll get your marriage, he'll get your children, he can get everything if he can get your thought if he can get your thinking. That's what he fights for, is your mind. Because he knows that how you think will either, it, it will abort anything God puts in your spirit. Hinder it or abort it. Amen? So what's that mean? Guard your thoughts. 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 No one stepped into sin until they thought about it. No one. No one. No one started using drugs no, until right. they thought about it. No one became an alcoholic till they thought about it. No one committed adultery until they thought about it. Yeah. It all showed up first in the thought life. And you better put a tight rein on your thought life. You cannot permit yourself to touch into things. That's why you better not pay attention to, th- or you better not get on certain things on, on a computer. Just yeah. you, you watch wrong preaching, even though it's preaching, uh-huh. if there's error in that, inserted yes. in that, yes. it only takes one thought to get in there and right. a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right. leavens the whole thing, right. leavens the whole, thing. That's, right. leavens the whole thing. That's, right. That's why when, uh, when you're connected to your pastor, who God connects you to is who you're listen to. Don't just get on the internet and say, well, I love Jesus and these people are or Christians, they may be Christians, but if God hasn't made them your feet, or don't just sit and click on people you don't know, because you don't know what they're going to say. That's, right. That's the thing I loved about going to a Dad Hagan meeting, I always knew what I was going to hear. I always knew what I was going to hear, and I wasn't going to have to go in with guarded ears. I could go in and be open. Be open in my thinking, be open in my spirit, and take it in because I knew what I was going to hear. Don't click on somebody, you don't know what you're going to hear. Don't show up at a meeting, you don't know what you're going to hear. Don't do it. Because the devil's after your thinking, and he'll do it through a Christian, he'll do it through something spiritual. Don't pick up just any old book. I don't know who's popular out there. I don't know what Christian books are popular out there. I'm not against them. I'm just for where God told me to hook up. I'm for that. I stay in that vein. I don't I don't veer out and go into other places say, Well there's other stuff they love God. Sure they do. I'm not saying they don't. That's just not where God told me to hook up. Why? Because if I, get, if I hear something wrong, it's going to affect my thinking. And when, I affect it, and when I start affecting my thinking wrong, that's going to affect what comes out of my spirit and what goes into it and what my life can produce. 97% are living beneath because something is wrong in their thought life. Amen. What's that mean? We have to address something in how we think if we're going to get out of that 97 percentile. Amen. Amen, oh, amen. amen. Uh, So God showed me firsthand how the serpent works he's, a, he's after your thought life. But notice this he's defeated. you have to when he starts talking you're going to have to remind him that he is defeated and don't take the thoughts of a failure. he's a failure. He failed God. He has failed. Every arena he, he has failed Come in. On. That's right. That's right. He's God's enemy. That's That's right. Don't take your counsel from his enemy. That's That's right. Right. Don't, That's right. Right. don't listen to someone who God. hates who you love. When we sit and turn over worry thoughts, we are entertaining yes. thoughts. Someone who hates our father. Yes. That's so good. Decide. So good. We have to, this is not, we don't play with this stuff. You have to guard, pay attention to your thoughts. Just because a thought comes doesn't mean you have to accept it. You are in charge of your mind. Your mind doesn't belong to the devil. I don't care what kind of pressure comes against the mind. The mind is still yours. God gave it to you. That's your mind right. is not even God's. It's yours. That's it's right. yours that's to train. Yeah. It's yeah. yours to discipline. Yeah. It's yours to educate. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Yeah. The greatest thing you can do for your life once you're born again is to discipline your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You say, Pastor Nancy, how do I do that? You feed, yeah. you, feed yeah. you feed it the Word. You feed it the Word. You feed it the Word. And when wrong thoughts come, you speak that word and you pay attention to every thought. Is it, it Because it, when God speaks to you, it has to float up from your spirit to enlighten your mind. Your spirit knows things your mind has not caught up with yet. Why? Because the life of God's in there. The Holy Ghost is in there. The divine genius of heaven is in there. So in you is your success. But still, it has to float up and enlighten your mind because until it enlightens your mind, you don't know what to act on. So when God speaks to you, He speaks to your spirit. It floats up from your spirit, enlightens your mind. When the devil speaks, he also is is arriving at the mind, but from the outside against the mind. Now, sometimes those thoughts that He suggests come like fiery darts. They're easily recognized. But sometimes they are subtle. If I could say it, they just they come from outside, but they don't come with force. And they don't come with they don't come with fright. They're sometimes subtle. Sometimes subtle. And it arrives and you better wait 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 a minute, where'd that come from? Because sometimes it's not easily it's not obviously wrong. Sometimes it's so close to truth that you recognize truth, but it's distorted. The devil spoke. The devil spoke the word to Jesus. Remember in the wilderness, the temptation. He would use scripture with Jesus. He used scripture, but he misapplied it. Therefore, misapplied scripture is no longer God's word. It's no longer God's God because God's God's word is not given distorted, in distorted form. What's the word say in Ephesians chapter 4? I want, uh, is it verse 15? Speaking the truth in love, we may grow up. The, speaking the truth in love. If it's not in love, it's no longer the truth. I don't care what the words are similar. Now, let me give you an example of this. Um, I have two sons, they're nine years apart you would think that the younger one would take on the maturity of the older one. No, the older one took on the maturity of the younger one. Growing up, there was, he would come down to that level. Just letting you know how kids function. But my, my, my older one picked on my younger one so much that my younger one delighted when the older one got in trouble. That was his joy and pleasure. I mean, I remember one time I told Stephen, get upstairs lay across my bed. I'll be up there in a minute. And I don't, I don't chase my children. I never chased my children one day in my life. No, no child of mine ever ran from me. No child of mine ever turned me into a chicken, running like a chicken through the barnyard. No, 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 not, not happened at all. And so uh, I, um, I, I, one time I, I told Stephen, I said, get upstairs. And uh, wait for me. I'm. On, I'm lay across my bed. You wait. You wait. So, so he did. And Grant hears me going up, and you know I'm taking up a belt. And uh, I, I didn't abuse my children. I didn't hit him in the head. I didn't hit them in the face. But I hit him on the backside because it was cushy tushy. Yeah. And so Grant saw me going up the stairs with the belt. And he came running, wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't see it. And so he just ran he just wants to watch this thing. And I let him, hey, this boy played stupid, come watch what happens to that. So they delighted in, you know, picking on each other. And, um... Stephen, when he was about 16, Grant would have been, um, Grant would have been, what, seven. And so I said to Grant, I was downstairs, Stephen was <laughs> upstairs, something like that, and I said, Grant, go tell your brother to come here, I want to see him. And I just said it like that, this <laughs> n- nicely, no threat, nobody's in trouble, just tell, tell Stephen come here, I want to talk to him. So he heard my words. He said my exact words. He said my exact words. But he went to the foot of the seat and said, Stephen! Come down here. Mother wants to talk to you. So he put his own emphasis and spin on it. Said the same words, but from a different place from a different place than I said. So yeah. he comes yeah. down. He's shaken. He yeah. thinks he's in yeah. trouble. He's not in trouble. Yeah. Grant's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the devil does. He will take yeah. the same words right. yes. That's right. That's right. and twist That's right. them right. Yeah. to where they're now against you and not for you. Right. 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 Yeah. Many people read the word to build a case against themselves. I'm not this... I failed at that. I'm not doing this. I'm behind in that. I should be better at this. They, every time they read the word, it becomes a negative to them because they're turned in against themselves. That's undisciplined thinking. That's because they're listening to the wrong thing. So that's what I mean when I say speaking the truth in love, it Grant no longer, even though he said the same words, it's not what I said. It's not what I said. It's the same thing with the word. The devil will use scripture. But when it's in his mouth, it's no longer God's word. Because of the spirit behind it. You understand that? Even though the words are similar. Even though they're like words, it's the wrong influence. Because words carry influence. And if it's the wrong influence, it's the wrong words. So, when the devil speaks God's word to you to build a case against you, you better recognize it, even though it's scripture. If it doesn't come from God, you better not accept it. I don't care how close to scripture it is. Because you have to be, that's exactly what Jesus recognized. The devil used scripture, but he misapplied it. He used it in the wrong context to get him to act wrongly on scripture. Um, the devil will do the same thing. This is part of a disciplined thought life. (laughs) I said this is part of a disciplined thought life. You have to think right. Now, um, in believing for healing, when I had that dream, I wasn't wasn't having mental difficulty. I wasn't being bombarded. I wasn't being troubled in my mind about it. That's why he was going to attack my mind. Because he's got to get you unsettled here to keep your faith from working correctly. Why? Because if you think wrong, it's going to, it's going to uh, hinder your faith. It's going to hinder your faith. So notice, I'm believing for healing, but God's showing me about the mind. What's this mean? Every arena of your life that the devil may try to attack, attack it 's going to begin with the mind he's going to start with if he wants to ruin your finances, he 's going to start on the mind he wants yeah. to ruin your body he's going to start on the mind he wants to ruin your marriage he's he 's going to start on the mind he wants to mess up your kids he's going to start on their mind he wants to ruin your he wants to ruin your whatever of your life he 's going to start on the mind why because as long as you think right, what he works against you can 't work until you think wrong if if you think right about healing and he attacks your body, that sickness, that thing can't stay because you think right. You know how to deal with it. You know how to handle it. So the devil, every test is always accompanied with a test on the mind. And you better pass that mind test. You better pass that mind test or you will not win the other test in whatever arena it's at. Does that make sense to you? There is no arena that stands alone apart from the mental Arena. Yes. 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 Man. Good. Yes. Your healing yes. doesn't stand alone by itself. No, your mind's connected to it. So it's, it's what John said. Right. Yes. I, but beloved, I wish above all things that I may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul. Oh. Your your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's right. yeah. So what what you end up receiving from God is it begins with your mind. Right. If you need healing, you got to correct something in your thinking. Yes. You need financials, financial issues, you, you correct something in your thinking. Yes.
1: Amen.
0: Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Think about Dad Hagen. He's laying on his deathbed as a 15-year-old. Yes. Born with an incurable heart condition. Deformed throughout his entire chest cavity. The organs are not even in the right place. The, t- the, the tubes... That, that connect are not even right. He would take a drink of water and feel it go to the left side of his chest yeah. instead of down to his stomach. The doctor said, you're deformed throughout your entire chest cavity. All of the tubing, the pipes, are in, they're going in the different directions. They're not even attached right. So that's why he had all these ongoing problems, plus he had leukemia. He had a blood condition. So any one of those things could have killed him. He did not know healing was even possible because the denomination did not preach healing. He did not know that that healing could be received. He did not know that. But when he got saved on his deathbed as a 15-year-old, and then he had him bring me the Bible, and he started growing up spiritually. The first thing... Now, see, he's on a deathbed because of physical condition. Right? right? He's on a deathbed because of his body. But when... He started feeding on the Word. His body is not the first thing God dealt with him about. God didn't even teach him about healing until He talked to him about the sin of worry. Matthew chapter 6. Take no thought for your life. He read, He started that New Testament, started in Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. got to, uh, to Matthew six twenty-five when Jesus said, take no thought for your life. And he said, I stopped right there because he said, that's all I was doing on that deathbed. I'm thinking about my body. I'm thinking about my life. He said at that time, the doctors didn't tell him what was wrong with him. He didn't know what was wrong with him. So he said, all I'm thinking about is my body. And now it says Jesus is saying, take no thought for your life. He said, I tried to read past that and I couldn't. He said, the Bible seemed dark to me from then on out. He said, because I, I thought, if I've got to stop thinking about my body, I can't. He said, "I, I, I don't know how. To, I don't know how to do that." Yeah. So why would God? Now you would think, well, if God would tell him first that healing is even available, that healing, healing is even possible, wouldn't that bring peace to your mind? No, because if you think wrong, the devil still steal your healing. That's right. That's right. So why did he address his thought life first? Because what would have happened if he would have on that deathbed just felt the healing? Anointing, come on him, raise him up. If he still thought wrong, what? Well, how did he think wrong? He was a worrier. Yes. He was a worrier. Yes. He practiced worrying. That was the place of where the devil tormented his family, yeah. his mother, his right. grandmother, and his life. Yeah. He was taught the bad habit of worry. Yes. Yes. That's good. Good. And so why didn't God talk to him about healing first? Because even if he would have been healed, if a miracle would have shown up, yeah. God would have just dumped something on his body apart from him doing anything. He'd have lost it yeah. because of worry. Yes. Wrong thinking opens the door to the devil. Yes. And as long That's as you're right. thinking wrong, you're going to lose anything you receive from That's God. Right. That's right. So God starts at the at the foundation of this thing. It's yes. how you think. Yes. It's how you he dealt with about his thinking, and then when he committed to not worry again, then he saw healing, and then he was raised up. See, uh, I, I wish above all things, I may as prosper and be in health, even as your soul. So when God's going to deal with a troubled arena in your life, he's going to start with your thought life. Pay attention to your thought life. Thank God to know that. Amen. The more you will pay attention to your thought life and bring it into agreement with the word, the sweeter your life will be.
1: Yes, thank you. Now, at
0: first, when you start paying attention to your thought life and you start I'm running out worry, I'm running out thoughts of fear, I'm running out thoughts of doubt. Yes. At first, it can seem like a lot yeah. like, oh my gosh, every thought. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because you let every thought in, now yes. you're going to have to take the effort. Yes. To get every thought out. But once you're, it's out, it's so easy to live in that place to where it, you're not struggling. What I'm saying, it's a full-time job at first, but if you will get skillful. When you're, when you're skillful at something, you know it becomes easy. It becomes easy. You need to develop the skill. All of us have to develop the skill of recognizing worry. Many, many people say, uh, I just, you know, I, I, I'm not a worrier. Are you sure? How do you know, Dad Hagen taught us this, how do you know if you're worrying if you're thinking about it? If you're thinking about it. Meaning this, to be worry-free, we're authorized to never think about a troubling thought again. Never again. If it troubles me, not touching it. I'm not touching it. That doesn't mean I'm not being responsible. I, that means I'm going to lay the word on it. Yes. But I'm not going to lay a troubled thought on it. Right. I'm going to lay the word on it. Yes. You can't yes. run out wrong thinking with thoughts. You have to speak words. Yes. You speak yes. the word to troubling thoughts. It's speaking God's word that runs wrong thinking out.
1: Yes. Yes. Amen.
0: Okay. Amen. We could stay on that a long time. Yes. We could stay on that a long time. Yes. Let I, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll go this direction throw this in, I didn't intend to, but uh, just to, because this is so key to people, to understanding it, Uh, years ago, several years ago, yeah, about, oh ten, eleven 10, 11 years ago, uh, I was doing a certain ministry project, and um, we were at the completion, we were, the day we were getting it completed, well, and about, actually, it was about two weeks before the completion time of that project, up from the inside of me came these words. You don't think that anything with the anointing on it is going to go un- unopposed, do you? Uh, no, I, no, I'm no, i not going to think that. <laughs> In other words, he said it's going to be opposed, this thing, because the anointing of God's on it. So, about two days before this project is finished, the exact same thing, you don't think anything with the anointing on it is going to go unopposed, do you? I go, no, what's he saying? Pay attention. He's not trying to make anyone afraid because when God says it, it won't make you afraid, but it will make you alerted, alerted to something. So we finished, we finished that project. I drive up in my car, uh, pull my car up into the driveway. I'm getting ready to go in the house. But when I did, Jesus stood out there by the car and he said, I've come to bless that project. Praise God. Amen. Well, thank you for blessing it. <laughs> I walk in the house and the moment I walk in the house it's like a horde of demons on my head. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. Now, see, I know. See, and pressure comes. Yes. Pressure comes. Yes. Trying to force a thought yeah. into the mind. That's the pressure of wrong thinking. Yeah. It, the devil doesn't just offer it and say, you want that? He tries to pressure that into yeah. by yeah. repeated and it, it seems to bear weight yeah. Yeah. A, a, a heaviness, heaviness. and uh, so I said fear you leave because see it's always fear talking to you it's oh, yeah, always it's right. always fear right. and I said fear you leave in Jesus name yeah. that but what what that spirit said was this project is going to fail It's going to cost the ministry a lot of money, and it's going to embarrass the ministry. So he said those three things. And see, you think, well, that's not that big a deal. Just know this, when demons speak, they carry with them an influence to make those words seem true. That's right. It feels true. It feels true. It feels true. Yes. Yes, yes. And you you could tell that to somebody else and they go, I I don't even know, that's not even a big threat. No, not until a demon speaks it and there's an influence with Uh that to deceive the thinking. It's a deceptive thing. So I said, spirit of fear, you leave. See, I know you answer, you tell things, you talk to it and it stopped but it stayed in the room. And this was probably about 11 o'clock at night and I thought, I'm going to go to bed and I'm staying up and fighting demons. I'm not yeah, doing that. That's right. that's right. I told that thing to leave and I don't care that it's still in the room. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Come on. So I go to lay down and that demon stood off. Listen to me. The demon stood off. He wasn't right here, but the words he spoke right. kept going, yeah. kept moving. Yeah. Just like this, kept moving, kept moving, kept moving, kept moving. He wasn't saying it over again. You've seen those cartoons, how they'd hit you on the the back and stars would circle. It was the exact same thing. And it was like, I'm trying to stop these words, but they won't stop. I'm not letting them in, but they won't stop. They're oppressing the mind. They're pushing on the mind. I don't believe them. I don't believe him, but I, the, I, the, the motion's still going. I told that spirit of fear, and I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, I'm wondering why he's just standing in the room. Why isn't he leaving? I told this, the Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee. I'm going, I'm, I'm missing something. So I had a hard time, wake, I had a hard time falling asleep. Finally fell asleep. I kept waking up in the middle of the night and just those, those thoughts, wow. like, like a tightening band just circling. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm, I won't think those. I won't think those. Those aren't mine. Those aren't mine. I won't think that. I don't care how long it circles around my head. They're still not mine. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Right. Exactly. They're not
0: yours till you agree to it. That's
1: right.
0: Right. How do you agree to it? Turn it over in your thought life and make it part of your thoughts, you see. So... About 5 o'clock, I opened up my IG, And you know, that that was God because my eyes don't open at 5 <laughs> o'clock with the idea of getting up. They might open, but they're not getting up. And the moment I woke up, God said, answer the words. Answer the words. See, I answered the spirit that spoke the words, but I didn't answer the words.
1: Right
0: Now, So I said, because the devil said, this project's going to be a failure, it's going to cost the ministry money, and it's going to be an embarrassment. So I said, this project will not fail. This project will not cost the ministry financially. This project will not be an embarrassment. It will carry the anointing to the people. The moment I said that, All of that stopped. Why? Because when the devil puts words around your mind, you better stop them or they'll keep moving. And they'll tighten in. And they'll tighten in. and They'll close in to where you feel like your mind is not your mind. It's still your mind. It's still your mind. That's right. That's right. Amen. Those words stopped. There was no more of that bombardment. Yes. And then that spirit was standing off. And I said, now spirit of fear, you leave. And he left. Then God spoke to me and he said, the reason the spirit of fear stayed, when you told it to leave the first time, it stood off, it had to stand off. said, but it stayed in the room because it was watching to see what you're going to do with those words. Those words moving gave him permission to stay. Yes. He said, Till you stopped those words, that devil wouldn't leave because he was going to see if they had an effect on you. The devil doesn't just say things over and over, he speaks at once and let the words take movement. Life and death is in the tongue. Words, words. When the devil speaks something, those words keep moving till you stop them. You stop them. God's not going to stop them. He's not going to, the devil's not going to stop them. You stop them. You stop them. You, stop them. you say, No, you don't. And you, how do you stop it? I had to answer every threat. He made three threats. I had to answer each threat. That stopped the words. Then, when the devil saw that I had stopped those words, he had, no, he had no more, he couldn't stay because there was no entrance left. He was trying to affect my thinking. Those words came to change the way I thought. Why does the devil attack to try to change the way you think? I'm just telling you you have to be a rattlesnake on your thought life pay attention you go after every thought that doesn't lead you to peace and joy if it doesn't lead you to peace and joy God's not participating in it reject it you tell it that's not my thought but you have to answer I couldn't just say devil leave I had to answer specifically the specific threats if the devil says you're going to die prematurely you're a liar well, With long life, he yes, satisfies yes. me yes. and shows me his so. You're right. going to lose your home. Oh, no, I won't because no weapon formed against me will prosper. Right. See, right. you have to answer the threat. That's right. That's so good. Come
1: on. Come on.
0: There are a lot of people in this world, they love God, but they know little. They know little about how he operates. And they'll say this, God can do anything. God can do anything. Even unsaved people will say that. God, there, there is a respect, a, a, some measure of respect for God. They say God can do anything, but you know what? They're not receiving any of it. They believe that, but they're not receiving any of it. Why? Because they're calling nothing specific into their life. They're just saying God can, God can. For you to just say, "Oh, God, God can do it," if you don't get specific. If you if you speak generally, you get generally nothing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's
0: yeah. right. That's that's why people who make advancements spiritually, yeah. they were specific. They were going after, going after. Can what what about this? Can you get a can you get a degree as a doctor just doing general courses? Well, I'm going to take some geography and history and I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take English, let's throw English in there. Study literature, you know. No, they they go specific and they hone in and they hone in. This is what faith does as it grows and as it becomes micro, it hones in and it becomes very targeted and very specific. And when you're a baby Christian, everything's just wide. But as you grow in skill, yes. you, you're not just a general practitioner, you become a specialist. 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 Good, the devil's counting on you being general. Yes. He's counting on you being general. Because uh, when you don't deal specifically with the threats. So
1: good. So good. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Um, um, I, I was talking to my staff on the way in I was telling them a story that years years ago years ago before and I moved to California there was someone that was on our staff and we had driven to a meeting one night the two of us and when I was coming back we were driving back from the meeting that night the word of the Lord came to me and said tell her that the devil is going to set up a trap for her and if she doesn't recognize that trap, it'll cost her her job. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it was pertaining to. She's a sweet gal. Don't misunderstand me. Sweet gal. But um, her husband was not on staff with us. And just she was. And he thought that we had certain guidelines in our employee manual. And he didn't agree with them. Well, I don't care whether he agreed with them or not. I didn't hire him. That's right. But I do know this, before I hire, I always consider now the the, 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 the spouse because a spouse can disqualify someone from me hiring them. Um, But um, he started complaining to her about something of our staff requirements. And so she came and brought his complaint to me. She made it her complaint and brought it to me. I fired her. I fired her. And I said, you don't remember. Last week, the spirit of God, I said to you, there's coming a strategy. The devil's going to try to work. And if you don't recognize it, it'll cost you your job. And she goes, I I, I didn't think it would be something like that. What did she think? I don't know if she thought it would be an outward, like adultery. Uh Something that is obvious. What was he after? He's after her her thought life. He aborted the plant through the thought life. The thought life. That's where a battle's won or lost. The thought life. If you don't recognize it in the way you think, uh, the devil will have a wide open door. Listen, the devil can't work through right thinking. He can't get in. Right thinking is a closed door. That's why he's got to break down your thinking to get a door into your life. If you guard your thought life, you've closed every door. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What's this mean? Every test is first a test on the mind. And if you don't pass that test, he'll take your finances, he'll take your health, he'll take your children, he'll take your marriage, he'll take your business if you don't pass that mental test. And you don't pass that mental test by going to a psychologist. You talk to devils. You get your you get yourself full of the Word and you answer that thing. You don't go through your childhood and talk it out. When people are... Can I say this? When people are letting it out, they're really letting it in. They think they're letting it out. They're letting it in. Wives, don't you go home and you say, I just got to cry this out. You're letting something in. You're letting something in. Why? Because crying doesn't fix diddle. It don't fix nothing. But you're letting in that emotional arena and you're opening the door wide open to that emotional arena and the devil will... He'll, he'll accommodate you. We're word people. We're word people. We're, word people. we're word, Our help is the word. Yes. Amen. 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 Uh, think, think about it with Peter. Um, think about it with him um, when he was... Him and the disciples, Jesus came up and he said, um, let's go to the other side. They all got in the boat because of one reason. They believed they are going to the other side. He didn't go... Let's go halfway and let's sink because there's going to come a storm. So let's go halfway and sink in that storm. They would have gotten in the boat. We have no other record that Jesus ever told them, let's go to the other side. They would just get in the boat and go fishing. They, they, they would just as a way out. But we see that he made this, this one statement. Pay attention to what God says because he's setting you up with your answer. He's putting your answer in you. So uh, while they're in the boat, you know the story. The storm comes up. Jesus is asleep in the boat. Why did he say let's go to the other side so he could keep keep sleeping? He gave them the answer before they got in the boat so they didn't have to wake him up and find out what's the answer. He gave them the answer. Let me sleep. Here's the answer. Let me sleep. sleep. Storm came up. He's it. He slept through it. What was it? Untroubled. Untroubled. Jesus did not live with a troubled harassed mind. But he didn't arrive there because he was the son of God. He arrived there because he did the right thing with his thought life. He put the word in him. You say he was the word. He had to learn who he was. And he found himself in the word. So they have a storm. These, these, a couple of these disciples, uh, fishing is their profession. They know what to do in a storm. They did it all, but their boat's filling up fast. No amount of technique of, uh, of, of sailing worked here. Right, right. So Peter goes and wakes up Jesus, carest thou not, carest thou not. Well, see, now he's mad at him. He's caught an attitude. He's accusing him of not caring. Why? Because you're not acting like we're acting. Right. People think if you don't respond like them, it's because you don't care about them, brother. I don't respond like you because I know something more than you. How many times families, families get mad when you don't go into drama when you know Aunt Mabel goes into the hospital? They get mad if you don't do the. Oh, let's all go and sit up and under there. I'm not saying be unkind or be unthoughtful. I'm saying when you know, something, you respond different. And people who don't know what you know will get upset when you don't respond in drama or in fear or in panic like they do. And that's exactly what Jesus, Peter was trying to manipulate. You don't manipulate God. You might manipulate Aunt Mabel, but you ain't manipulating God. And that's exactly, Peter was doing a learned practice. Don't you care? Care us down not. I mean, my gosh, I'm asleep, bud. What's your deal? How did I get the blame that the boat's going under? I'm sleeping. I didn't have anything to do with putting water in the boat. But wrong thinking accuses the pastor, accuses the word, accuses God, accuses the answer of not being the answer. He said, carest thou not, now look at the next phrase, that we perish. Who told him he's perishing? Who told him he's perishing. He got in the boat because he believed they were going to the other side. What's the problem with Peter? He changed what he believed because of what came up. This is what the devil's always trying to get you to do. When you're sitting in church, you always believe right about healing. When you're sitting in church, you always believe right about, uh, about giving. You always believe right about finances until pressure of a test comes and it tries to change what you believe. And then it starts feeling different because in a test, it feels different than it did when you heard the preacher preach and you were saying amen. Yeah. When you hear the preacher preach, you'll, amen, that's right, yeah, yeah. Why? Because no demon's on your head at that moment. Let a demon get on your head, brother, and you'll start the influence of wrong words. And you better know what right thinking is because it won't feel like you have right thinking. Wow. Yeah. And under pressure, when there's pressure on the mind, you better on the inside you say, no, you don't. I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking that about my boss. I'm not thinking that about my spouse. I'm not thinking that about a family member. I don't care even if it's true, the devil's got no business pointing it out. It doesn't matter if it's true. Right. It might be true that somebody said it, but the devil's got no business involved in the household of faith. Come on. Right. Get out of our household. Get out. Get out. Amen. 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 So uh, where, where did Peter miss it? He changed what he believed. You can believe. Listen, one day you can believe right, and the next day you can believe wrong. How can that happen? Thinking. You let a wrong thought in. You let a wrong thought in. And just because a wrong thought came didn't mean you had to let it in. You better recognize. Skill is recognizing wrong thinking. And then enforcing the right thinking. Amen? Amen. Praise, the Praise the Lord. Every test is first a test on the mind. If you, if you fail in the mind, it, that, that failure will show up in another arena. If you pass the test in the mind, symptoms have to leave. If you pass the test in the mind, finances have to come. If you pass the test in the mind, peace has to dominate in your home. If you lose the test of the mind, your health starts breaking down. That's how people know if they won or lost the test. Because it doesn't just show up in the mind, it starts bringing and displaying failure in other arenas. When an when arena failed, when a marriage failed, a business failed, uh, something failed, health failed, it first failed in the middle arena. It just showed up in the other arena. But it first failed in the middle arena. You win it in the middle arena, you win it every time. Every time.
1: Every single time. Amen.
0: To receive our miracles, something has changed in the way we think. You understand that? You don't just show up the way you were, receive a miracle, and hold to it. Without thinking, we are changed from glory to glory. There's greater glory when we change. What are we changing? How we think. think. Romans 12 verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. It's your lifelong profession. Deal with your mind. Your lifelong profession. Feed the word in. Feed the word in, and and say this is how I think. This is how this is how I live. This is what directs me. Amen. You have to listen. It's one thing to think right when there's no demons pushing on you. It's a whole other thing when demons are pushing on you to be skillful at this and to be peaceful. See, I'm not a worrier naturally. I'm not a worrier. I'm just not a worrier. I just don't care what people think. I, I just, I don't mean to be unkind. I just don't care. Right. And that's pretty good equipment when you pastor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good.
0: Who showed up? Well, that's fine if they showed yeah. up. Who didn't show up? I don't care. I don't care. I'm not changed. I, 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 didn't, I didn't lose my pastoral call because they didn't show up. You know? Uh, but I remember when demons started showing up and opposing the mind. And I go, what's it? Yeah. Because you can think I'm skillful in my mind as long as just daily life. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a whole other thing when demons are there and God started dealing with me about. He said, until you're peaceful in the face of demons, you're not, you're not skillful. Yeah. It's not about being peaceful when the devils leave. Getting the devils to leave so you can be peaceful. It's about being peaceful right in their presence. Yeah. Why? Because you don't believe a thing they say. Okay. The devil doesn't have to leave for me to be peaceful. That's, right. I, That's right. Think right. I think right. I think right. I think right. Because I think right, he won't stay. That's right. Why? Because right thinking is his torture. Well, praise the Lord. Good. Praise the Lord. Living a transformed life, you have to do something with your thought life. People want miracles. Thank God for miracles. But if you leave this unaddressed, any miracle you get, you'll lose. Can I tell you, anytime someone lays hands on you, anytime someone agrees with you in prayer, you can have your pastor come after service, Pastor, would you agree with me in prayer? You can have the prayer team pray for you, and you can receive your answer. But know this, it's only temporary help. Until you win it, yes. that's when it becomes permanent help. Right. Meaning this, someone else praying for you is doing nothing but buying time for you. That's right. it's all it's doing. It's buying time for you so that you can further renew your mind and think like God. It's not so you can be off the hook. Now, I don't have to do anything spiritually toward this. No, it's buying time. It's buying time for you to bring your thinking in line with the word. And if you don't bring your thinking in line with the word, what, what you received with the help of someone else's faith, you'll lose. Someone else's faith is only temporary help. You understand that? Someone else's faith is only temporary help. Your faith is permanent help.
1: Excellent.
0: What's that mean? Your safety is in growing up. That's what it means. Your safety is in you doing something with the word in your mind. And I want you to know it's a joy. It is the greatest yes. joy to yes. know where right thinking is, yes. to have right thoughts. Yes. It is an absolutely delightful work yes. to bring right thinking in and, yes. and, and to run out wrong thinking. Yes. My gosh, it's such a relief. Yes. It's such a peace. Yes. Amen. Yes. Pour in right thinking. Turn yourself into a student of the Word. Yes. Yes. Be, be, be it... Be a student of the Word. Get hold of Dad Hagen books. My my my. Get hold of Dad Hagen books. Get hold of get hold of our books. Get hold of Doctor Sumrall books. Get hold of Smith Wigglesworth books. Get hold of these men of faith who lived this this example life. I basically read after people who are dead why, because I know how they turned out.
1: You start reading
0: after what's popular, you don't know what's, what's, how they're going to turn out. I'm not, I'm not diminishing anybody who's alive, because I'm alive, but. and you're alive, but I'm just saying this, you need, you need to know people's track record before you start swallowing what they say. Praise the Lord. I preached mighty long today, but you listened very good. So thank you so, so much. Stand with me to your feet today. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We worship you, we glorify you. Just lift up your hands and worship Him today. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. Can I tell you what right thinking will arrive you at? Right thinking will arrive you at a place where you put your attention on the right thing. The enemy tries to bombard the mind to draw your attention onto the circumstances, onto what's against you. Right thinking is this. I refuse to live. I refuse to leave the mindfulness of Him. I refuse to... Acknowledge something more than him. So you just turn turn your attention toward. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank-. Even if you say, Pastor Nancy, I don't know very many scriptures about my need. Just start thanking Him for His word. My gosh, just thank Him for His word. Get your attention on Him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Lord. People who think right are not living with their attention on this out here. Circumstances, opposition, they have turned their attention toward God. That's where right thinking will arrive. It's this way toward Him. Not only that, it's this way toward His Word. It's not about just I want to feel something. No, I want to know something. I want to know what the Word says. Amen, not just live in fairyland and want to feel something all the time because when you don't feel something, what you know anchors you. Father, we thank you so much for your word. thank you for divine help today. Thank you for divine help today. in, in what what the Spirit of God gave me to teach today, Father, our healing is there, our prosperity is there the restoration for our homes and marriages and businesses, it's all there. It's all there. So we have, a, we have our homework assignment, Father. But not only that, we have a divine teacher called the Holy Ghost. He tutors us in this life of thinking right, of word thoughts, God thoughts. And we refuse to live with low thinking. When we come up into God's way of thinking, we thank you. Listen, can I tell you this? God, who is all wisdom, He's the source of it. He's the fountain of it. Right thinking only comes from Him. It only comes from Him. Any right thinking in the earth has come through the system of God's thinking. Sometimes you can have businessmen that they think right about business. You know, you can find those same principles in the Word every time. Those principles that they picked up and adopted, even if it's a carnal, natural businessman, they learned somewhere those principles that came out of the Word. Whether they recognize it came from the Word, it might have been something their mama taught them or something, you know, just a way of business and a business ethic. But all right thinking comes from the Word. God, who is the fountain of all wisdom, he so was committed to our success, he wrote down his thoughts for us. Why in the world would he say, Here's my word, here's right thinking, here's wisdom, and you go, No, nah, I think I'll stick with my own? That's the epitome of wrong thinking. If we hold to how we, well, that's the way I've always been taught. That's the way I've always believed. That's the way my mama said it. That's the way my daddy taught me. But if God's offering you a higher, why would you say, no, I think I'll stick with the one that doesn't work? Let me just say this. For the rest of your life, you have to live with your mind. So you better invest in having a mind you can live with.
1: Good, Pastor.
0: That's good. why live with a troubled mind because you, you'll never get to lay it on the table leave it on the table and go and have a good time at night and come back in and just decide when you pick up no it's going to go with you and it will color every single moment of your day it's how you think so invest in your thought life don't just think this is preacher stuff for preachers to do pastors to do this is how believers are to live Amen. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We give you glory. If you came this morning um, and you say, I came for the purpose, I, I need hands laid on me for healing, we want to go ahead and we want to minister to you this morning. We want to give you that opportunity, you, but I hope you listen so you know how to keep what you received today. Amen. Anybody at all? There might not be anybody, but if there is somebody, you're welcome to come up here and we'll minister to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Word. You know, the thing I so love about the Word, you always know what you're going to get. You always know the outcome. It's the same thing when God hooks you up to somebody of who you're to receive from. You need to know what are you going to get there. Amen. We always know we're going to receive our healing. Amen. Amen. When we're... When healing power is ministered, we receive our healing. Thank you, Jesus. Let, let me just say this. When hands are laid on you or when someone prays for you, power always flows. Now, power is not always received, but it's always given. It's all, it always flows. Congregation, would you reach your hands out toward these people? Father, we thank you. We thank you for that divine power. And as we minister this power, Father, we thank you that it drives out pain, symptoms, sickness, and disease. And they shall be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for that. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in. Oh, there it went in, your love. Be Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. There it went in. Yeah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we glorify you.